Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth. And today we're going to talk about student internships, fellowships, etc. Before we do that, Claire, how was your week? My week was good. I had a revelation while putting away laundry this week. (laughs) (laughs) Which was... You know, I don't know if you get this feeling, but I often have the feeling of like, man, it would just be so nice to just be doing this one thing and just like not rushed and like just focusing on the one thing. And when the heck am I going to get a chance to do that? Maybe not till like next Wednesday at 2 p.m. I could maybe make that happen. Anyway, while I was doing laundry, I was feeling that way. And then I was like, what if I just felt that way right now about doing laundry? (laughs) And then I was just putting away the laundry, like, oh, the one thing I'm doing, relaxed and not rushed, is putting away the laundry. And um, that was really nice. So, and then, uh, so now I have this phrase that uh, helps me remember that, which is, it's my life, which is like, right now, I love this it. is my life, and I'm doing this one thing, and I, it doesn't have to be next Wednesday at 2, is <laughs> the next time I could potentially just do this thing, uh, whatever I'm doing right now. That's the thing I'm doing. You know, I this this is the thing I needed to hear right now. I'm glad you got your. Um, I feel like like the bolt from the blue when you're doing laundry, but like I I just constantly am like, oh, when can I get this stuff over with so I can get on yes. with the stuff I want to do? And like I had a mini one of those because I am now spending a lot of time in traffic. And oh, interesting. I'm like, oh, the traffic, blah, blah. and then it's like, well, actually, <laughs> like I really like listening to the radio, and uh-huh. you know, and like kind of just slight trying to shift my perspective a little bit or Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh I need to get all this stuff done so then I can finally relax and it's like what if somehow there could be relaxation in washing the dishes Mm -hmm. instead of Mm -hmm. you know getting it over with because when I envision washing dishes I'm like oh there I am washing the dishes that's all nice what a nice thing washing dishes is but then if I'm washing the dishes so often I'm like I just need to get these dishes done so that I I can do this other thing and how annoying there's dishes you know so like it really is all about I guess it's just always available to claim that this is the thing I'm doing mindset you know I'm gonna have to check back in with you and see if I can do this (laughs) because it's it's what I need to do because it's like those things aren't going away like you still I don't know why I think there's going to be this mysterious time where there's no dishes or no traffic or whatever Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's never going to happen so okay this is (laughs) this is what I needed to hear right now thank you oh good I'm glad yeah Yeah. I've been I've been enjoying it so uh, what about you how's your week my week has been good and I made a startling discovery um, which probably isn't that startling but so (laughs) I think I've talked about on here having the paranormal physics society Uh at our university and I was like well you know those students like our university is known for being a little bit alternative or like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and I was like well that's just sort of unique to there but it's not and so during the lab I started like eavesdropping as I like to do on students and then realizing like they were talking about paranormal sort of stuff and then Uh I got involved and then like a whole bunch of people got involved and I was like oh my god (laughs) this is a thing the hidden physics paranormal pipeline oh fun and like but I was always doing like where did they go because I don't know any professors 
who are hmm. physics professors who are super into paranormal stuff. Besides so, you. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, so I'm like, this is very exciting. So that, well, Are you going to start the Paranormal Physics Club in your new school? Maybe. I think so. And maybe we can do like an international bridging between. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great idea. But it's so interesting. Like who, why? What is, what is it about physics students that they're so. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You're trying to understand the world. Yes. Yeah, and mysteries. Hearts that are not quite understandable. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm here for it. I'm, I'm this excited. Is, so my quote, which I picked purely for the fun of it, has to do with ghosts. Ooh. So, and what is happening with this episode? We have lots of serendipity. <laughs> so this is from Harry Potter. And um, Snape has just asked Harry in front of the whole class the differences between um, ghosts and in fairy and Harry says er well ghosts are transparent oh very good interrupted Snape his lip curling yes it is easy to see that nearly six years of magical education have not been wasted on you Potter ghosts are transparent <laughs> and I just like that line I, love um, it. I didn't really have any grand reasons for why that was Again, a good line but I just I, I just feel, enjoy it <laughs> there's something we need to explore at a future date which is like when I hear that, I'm like, I'd love to do that to a student sometime. Instead of like, which is like not what I would do, but I don't know why I have this like shadow aspect to me that's like really into being snake. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This has mm-hmm. been a theme the whole <laughs> time. Has. I'm like, oh, bullying episode. students and shaming them. Like that sounds great. So anyway, I, I think the allure might be like, um. I don't know. Well, I, we've talked about having the control of the classroom yeah. and making sure that it's the tone you want to have, and Snape is really, really good at that. <laughs> yeah, true. So, so yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like yeah. that. Or maybe it's like Halloween where you like dress up mm-hmm. as like the thing you don't want to like normally be. Maybe that's what I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, someday maybe I have to live out the dream and just be absolutely wretched to students, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm over it now. I don't yearn to Maybe Snape. you could do it on Halloween, dress up as Snape, and um, play the role for, and, and everybody would maybe enjoy it because it's your Halloween fun snake right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm this, this, <laughs> this is like, how can I, you know, get that done without really ruining students' lives? And so yeah, perfect. So yeah. So today we're talking about kind of our students. Yes. Not ruining <laughs> <Yeah>. their lives. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to do the episode as if I'm safe where I'm like, no, you can't apply for anything. No. But we're, so we're talking about helping students with internships and fellowships and graduate school and all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking? What's working for you with this? Well, I was thinking, so, um, you know, a lot of times you have the student, well, I have the students and I assume you do too, that you, you know, well, and you have a good rapport mm-hmm. with, and they're applying for whatever they're applying for, and you can have a lot of back and forths and really help um, with whatever problems they're having or, or questions they have. Um, and one thing that I was I found this semester that was really interesting was um, kind of getting to do that a little bit more broadly in the context of the Graduate Research Fellowship Program, NSF GRFP Fellowship, where um, I was part of a group of people who did a workshop for that at the beginning of the semester. Oh, cool. And then... As part of the workshop, I just said, hey, I would be happy to read anybody's applications if you want to. So I kind of um, put my name out a little more broadly as somebody that would be willing to read these things. And so then um, got 
you know, a bunch of them to, See, to read. And, I feel and like I'm such on. a bad person. I'm like, oh, Claire, that's a big thing to put out there. But like, I know it's <laughs> well, obviously really good, but I'm like, oh, man. But yes. Well, OK, no, but I, I have a follow up about that. Um, first of all, it was nice to be able to help a variety of people. But second mm-hmm. of all, it was actually really nice to focus in like this is the one that I'm offering to help with. It, like, I'm not saying I have expertise about everything. I'll help, you know, if anyone has a question about anything. But um but I kind of chose this is one that I'm going to think about more. Yeah. So I, I could really, you know, I read a bunch of people's proposals and I was more familiar with the selection criteria for this particular fellowship. So it was like um, I was specializing kind of. Yeah. And that made it a little more efficient. Like I could be more broadly helpful and also like to be helpful for any of these, you kind of have to know what they're looking for. And I know a little bit about that one just because you know, I have been involved with NSF a little bit. And so um, just being able to specialize in that particular program and know a little bit more about that program, I felt like it was actually more efficient in terms of helping people with my time uh, than if I was trying to help a bunch of people with a bunch of random different ones. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm into that kind of concept of picking one that I do feel some connection to that maybe a bunch of people would want to apply for and then kind of offering to help with that. That just just seemed like it happened. And I was like, oh, that works pretty well. I want to do that again. I feel like I'm not responding because this is my working on. So that's why I'm making these weird, I'm like like restraining myself "Mm, from like, yes, yes, uh um, that's that's super interesting and excellent foreshadowing. Okay, cool. Our serendipity is continuing. uh, Well, then let's get to what's, what's working for you. So yeah, what's working for me is actually something that you said on a previous podcast, which Mm. I think a thing I had struggled with before was like, I think I was really good at encouraging people I kind of had a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And then when you mentioned like also sending it to the entire class and making sure Mm -hmm. to do that. So that's something I've definitely shifted Mm -hmm. Like forwarding an opportunity to a bunch of people. Yeah, and it's weird Mm because like... I think I've been surprised about people who responded. You know what I mean? And like people I would yes. not have necessarily thought to talk to about it. Or like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm interested in this. So mm-hmm. that's good. And I think for me, and this is something I definitely struggled with with COVID teaching, was um, chatting. Chatting is mm-hmm. my main thing. And just, okay. yeah. just having the chat during like lab or time when they're working in tutorials. And I think that and really has helped me kind of connect with students about what they're interested in or just that thing like we talked about before of telling your own story and like and then I applied to grad school and then this and mm-hmm. this and this and like even this week in the lab where I was talking to someone about having applied to grad school in America and I saw mm-hmm. one student's ear- ears kind of perk up and mm. I was like oh maybe that's something they want to talk about in the future nice. so yeah I think chatting and just that kind of rounded experience of like what actually a real person they know did is -hmm. super helpful so I think that can be Mm -hmm. really good so Mm -hmm. the power of chat is what I'm saying I love that I love that and I love that it's like something you've seen works well with you in particular as it has a relationship with your students and then what um I mean that just makes so much sense to just be like this works so I'm going to be more intentional about allowing that to have more opportunity to work you know right and I think I noticed just being back in the classroom how different that is but Mm -hmm. I mean I think we've talked about this before and you had the same experience but like 
a lot of students say, for example, don't know that if you go to grad school, you can get paid. Or a lot of them haven't right. heard of REUs. And I really feel like sometimes just having the chat, not necessarily even me chatting with them, but just other mm -hmm. students chatting during the lab and that kind of atmosphere. Because mm -hmm. like someone will mention like, oh, I was in Texas A&M last summer. And someone's like, what do you mean? And it's like, oh, do you know what an REU is? You get paid mm -hmm. for 10 weeks. And for some reason, that is just so much more effective than so necessarily meaningful. sticking yeah. up a leaflet on your door or whatever. And Definitely. Yeah. I agree completely. So I think that... The power of chat. Yeah, the power of chat. I guess you might be, people might call it networking maybe or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's just so many things around the discipline that like mm -hmm. is this kind of cultural thing you soak up more than... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true really broadly. Like, what is normal? Like, there's these conferences that people often go mm -hmm. to. Why would you know that? Why would you know what the benefits are? Um, Dude, that's true for us, right? With, with yes. all the tenure stuff with... and like... Oh, yes, yeah, exactly. Totally. So I, I, I'm interested to realize that I think this point you bring up is very broad, actually. Yeah, and it's. I guess it's something that... I don't think I would have pinpointed as being that important until we didn't mm -hmm. have it in COVID. Yes. And I mean, the breakout rooms are so great, but just the fact that you can't hear what everyone is doing in the other breakout mm -hmm. rooms is very limiting mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. So what about you? What are you working on? Well, I talked about in the working section about how I like specializing and mm -hmm. being like, this is the fellowship that I know about and can help you with. So <laughs> the opposite is I'm having trouble helping students who have picked some path that I'm not super familiar with. Yeah. So like the pre-pharmacy students, the pre-dental students, pre-optometry, like I know that there's an application, you apply to these schools, you get in, I know they're selective, but what are they selective for? Do they care mostly about grades? Do they care mostly about your um, shadowing that you do? Like what do you have to do to get into these programs? And I don't know. And, um, well, I don't know what makes a competitive applicant, you know? So we do have on campus pre-pharmacy advisor and a pre-dental mm -hmm. advisor, and so I can refer to them to those people. So that's good, but it does feel kind of passive. Um, and what I would love to have, and I'm not quite sure how to make, but I want just like a little chart that's like pre-optometry. Oh, well, you definitely need to shadow for at least a year, and yeah. if your grades are below X, then you should shadow a little more. I don't know what the rule... I totally made that up. But, you know, some little chart that... Um, would be helpful. Or at least, I don't know. I just feel like I can help so much more when somebody's applying to a PhD program because I went to a PhD program. Totally, totally. And, you know, and then, like I say, the fellowship, well, I, 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 I know how NSF works because I've been on review panels and written NSF grants, so I can help with those areas, but I don't feel as enabled to help with these other areas. Um, so, yeah. That's, I mean... Yeah. To me, this just feels like one of those things, like why we have tenure track positions where you kind of are supposed to develop all this over years and mm -hmm. years and years. You know what I mean? And like mm -hmm. maybe like you just did this experience with the graduate fellowship and then mm -hmm. maybe next year somehow you'll get more involved with like the pre-med students or whatever. And mm -hmm. like you're just going to kind of build that chart almost in your head mm -hmm. over like. Like, that's always what it feels like with this, with, like, the particular job titles mm -hmm. that we have. It's, like, it's this long game of, like, building your expertise over years. Sure. Yeah. Sure. First, you build your expertise teaching this class, mm -hmm. and then you can 
build some expertise with advising. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That's interesting. But yeah, I think. Yeah. My stuff kind of is really related to that. And interesting. What's that? Like, again, like what kind of what you said. So like, I feel like I am like, yes, general things. Like, did you know that your CV should be in reverse chronological order? Or Uh no, you're being too self-deprecating in this personal statement Uh or like that kind of stuff. But I don't have specifics. And like, Mm -hmm. I love... Like, I think it's really cool that you have this sort of deep dive on this one particular program mm-hmm. because you really like specified that. And so I that's what I would like to do. And I feel like, again, well, so I thought I was good at figuring out the grad school thing. But then mm-hmm. in the last few years, I don't know if it's gotten more competitive or what but like I've had students who I thought were amazing who did not get into any programs Mm. and who were really well prepared and really well organized and I can't point to anything they should have done differently I see and yeah or like maybe their GPA was like a little different but they had super strong research and I was like you got this like you've done all Mm -hmm. this and then Mm -hmm. it didn't and so I almost wanted to like I haven't done it because of time but I almost wanted to challenge myself to like contact people at the university right and just be like what are you looking for exactly or yeah you know like a colleague who I really admire this like they had a student who did not get into a program and they called and they were like what what's going on like this person's amazing Mm -hmm. and then when they said why they were like you're wrong this person is amazing and they actually were like okay and gave the person an interview and then wow interesting you know but it's like I wonder I think, A, I have almost no, like, tangible life skills in terms of, like, if someone's going for something that isn't particularly academic, I'm not sure how to advise that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that's what I need to do is just call up someone, like, who's the recruiting person and be like, listen, what are you actually looking for in this program? That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And just to even, because I feel like I'm advising students about stuff and I don't, sometimes I'm not sure if it's true anymore or like... Right. I wonder that yeah. too. Do I have old advice that was appropriate when I applied to grad school, but it might not be true anymore. Right. And it seems like for you, like it's not that common that we have physics students who are like pre-med mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like it feels like you have a very, like that's, chemistry is such a broad mm-hmm. subject to applicable career things. So like you have a lot of those, but mm-hmm. there is like kind of a few master's programs for physics in particular that are very industry focused and Mm -hmm. industry skills I'm like have absolutely Mm -hmm. no like I don't know how to behave in an industry job so I think I would like to get a better understanding of what those people are looking for and be able to guide students more yeah I suppose if your student got into this master's program that was industry skills then of course they would learn from all the industry skills people yeah. that are presumably in that program so that's good um and it also makes me think like even though you might not be able to say this is what you need to do for this industry job and I might not be able to say yes I bet you'll get into dental school but we can say the general stuff of you must figure out you must look through exactly what they are saying they want yes. and then be sure you put all that in your application materials really clearly and explicitly. So we can give that general advice totally. that I'm pretty darn confident is true whatever you're applying for, um, but might not be obvious. Um, but yes, I would like, I love your idea of calling up the school and saying, hey, what are you looking for? 
And it's so interesting. interesting too. Like, I don't know if this is true in your program, but do you, have you guys had like a pipeline develop where it's just sort of like becomes a couple of students went to this place and mm-hmm. then they know that they're good quality students. So then mm-hmm. like it becomes a thing. And so it's almost we like, do get that. Yeah. can you foster that pipeline like more artificially is what I'm trying to say. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not just something mm-hmm. that happens. Like, is there a way to be like, hey, just so you know, I think our students are really good at blah, blah, blah. Like you should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like, is that. And then here's another question, though. Is that our role to do that? Like, is that somebody That's else's role? That's a great question. So, I don't know. Yeah. Because I do feel like like our chemistry graduates have really good laboratory hands on skills. Yeah. I think. So I would be comfortable calling up someplace and saying that and seeing if that's what they're looking for. And if that is what they're looking for, then saying, I think you should really strongly consider our students. Is that our job? That's a great question. Would that help? Um, Is that a really weird thing to do that um, would be helpful? Or is it a really weird thing to do that wouldn't be helpful? Or is it not even, is it just a common thing to do that I don't know that we should be doing, you know? So that's an interesting question. Well, and it's so, like, and I think, now that I'm saying it, I think one thing that could be a thing to do is invite those people to come and present oh and that's a great idea that would like naturally lead to a conversation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there has to be a thing right where like some schools have very strict grading policies so those schools gpas mm-hmm. you know what i mean sure. or what are the universities yeah. that's super focused on the gre and mm-hmm. i don't know if i've made any secret of this but i despise the gre with every fiber <laughs> of my being and so is that a school you want to avoid or you know sure. And there is a movement in physics where there's a lot more schools abandoning the GRE. And in chemistry as well. Yeah. Yeah. But even within the ones who do it, like some people are like, this is like what we're going to live and die by. Like there's a cutoff point. Mm -hmm. And other people are like, sure, we'll take the score. But like it doesn't really, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah. That's really interesting. You know, there is. So recently I got a. call you know a reference call from a company that was thinking of hiring a recent graduate and um it seemed like a great match seemed like they were planning to hire him and then the person said and i also want to tell you that we're planning to hire a bunch of other people soon and so if you would spread the word among your recent graduates that'd be helpful so um anyway i i that's kind of like this pipeline thing like you're talking about so that she was trying to start the pipeline the person i was talking to but but maybe we should be on the lookout for pipelines we could start. Yeah. Like or even fostering ones that get... Re- like, yeah. I think, like, something I would love to have in my pocket, and this, again, seems like a lifetime's work, but, like, what schools really appreciate students who have REUs or did publish yes. a paper or what schools are, like, no, GPA is everything or mm-hmm. just kind of getting mm-hmm. a feel for that sort of information so mm-hmm. I could better guide students Right. So you could be like, wow, your GPA is awesome. I recommend you apply for this fellowship or whatever. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's that, totally. That's like the bigger version of this chart that I'm imagining. Yeah. That just be some guiding criteria. I, okay, here's another side thing about all of this stuff. One thing I really struggle with is I think that REU programs, so I don't know if we've discussed that on the podcast, but it's research experience for undergrads and I'm only familiar with it in STEM subjects, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it exists. So it's like NSF funded where students can go for 10 weeks and they get paid a good substantial amount of money to work at an R1 institution 
and get research experience somewhere mm-hmm. in their undergraduate time. So something that um, a colleague who you know as well told me, because they served on one of the panels, was that those programs are very conscious of taking students from smaller schools like ours. Mm-hmm. And so they have to have a certain percentage from schools like ours, which I think is wonderful. But then that doesn't translate into grad school necessarily. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so I have had students who've gotten into amazing REUs um, because they're like really qualified to do so. And the schools are deliberately like, oh, we want to pay attention to smaller schools. Mm -hmm. And then that doesn't translate into grad school. And so it's really difficult. Like it's disappointing for those students. So you would think, of course, that the REU... I mean, I'm right with you. Research experience seems to me the way to get into totally. a PhD program. And so if you have a really awesome REU, that seems like that would be really helpful, whether or not you're overall a candidate that everybody wants in yeah. the PhD program. Um, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I do think, I mean, this is getting specific, but with PhD programs, it seems like it varies a lot. Like in physics, you're often talking about getting into the school, whereas... And that's true often in chemistry, but if you get into the more environmental chemistry, oceanography side, it's more about getting in with the particular oh, advisor. Oh, okay. It's not like the school will let you in if the advisor says, I want you, and oh, won't wow. otherwise. Oh, that's interesting. So it's very different uh, depending on what field you're in and depending mm-hmm. on, yeah, just the school in general. So, um, so that's kind of a different thing. That's at that point you need to reach this particular individual. Wow, that's super interesting. Because that's kind of, I think, um, a lot more what it's like in Ireland for PhDs. Oh, where like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you approach the actual individual group mm-hmm. more than the like, you don't do a common entry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's super interesting too. And yeah, so I think, I think my overall thing is I need to refresh. Like I think A, like you sort of articulated, like I'm worried I'm flogging old skills that are not applicable anymore like I'm like this is what I did and I think I need to refresh that with like new information of what they're actually looking for because I definitely worry that I'm not accurately telling students Mm -hmm. well and like some of that like again it's like kind of false hope because I'm like no don't worry about it if you got that REU then you're definitely gonna and then like with one person in particular that didn't turn out to be true and Mm -hmm. yeah that's too bad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, this has been very helpful to like kind of think through. I really like the idea of specializing. Yeah. But then that's... having some like general guidance for the other people. Because I can't be an expert on all the things, but I, I do want to be able to provide some helpful information, whatever they're trying to do. And I think we can. Totally. I like this. Yeah. I think I've kind of, it sort of crystallized some things I've been thinking about for years, but not really able to verbalize. Yeah. So if anyone out there who's listening is actually a person who recruits for programs, please let us know what are helpful qualities that we should be encouraging in our students. That would be so helpful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks a million, Claire. Thank you, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review 
wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.